The world has caught a virus, so I've written you a poem. We need your help to cure it, so stay the fuck at home. And if you have got twelve kids or you're living on your own, lock it down and isolate and stay the fuck at home. If you think you're not at risk here, you're living in a dome. It spreads faster than a hooker's leg, so stay the fuck at home. I need the gym, I need the beach, I hear you bitch and moan. You need to grow a brain cell and stay the fuck at home, but I feel fine. I don't feel sick. I'll go out on my own. How thick are you, you selfish prick? Please just stay the fuck at home. From L.A. through to Berlin, from Wuhan through to Rome, there's people dying every day, so stay the fuck at home. If you need to contact family, use Facebook, Skype, or phone. We've got the fucking internet, so stay the fuck at home. The only way to slow it down is isolate, not roam. Please help the world get back on track and stay the fuck at home. Stay the fuck at home. Stay the fuck at home. Don't you be a fucking dick. Please stay the fuck at home. Stay the fuck at home. This is the one. This is it. This is the fucking podcast of all podcasts. Podcasts. It's the motherfucking holy grail. Holy grail. Like, it's like, get the fuck out of here. You know, I think that we'd be shocked if we walked through some of our schools today from USA Today. Today's schools are cursed by an increase in swearing with language that would stand a sailor's hair on end. In a recent poll of high school principals, 89% said they face profane language every day. How sad, Jack. Artini, you are now listening to the world's stupidest podcast ever. (laughs) This is the GTFOH podcast. We have no idea what the fuck we're doing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, my friends, my people, we made it. It looks like we made it. Episode 10. Who said we couldn't start a podcast? Who said we couldn't last? Here we are, 10 weeks in during a fucking pandemic, and we're still here, still creating the GTFOH universe and expanding it by the second. Welcome to the GTFOH podcast. It's your boy Recognize. My friends call me Rec. I'm Billboard Baggins if you're nerdy. I'm Billy Baggins if you're nasty. And I'm glad that you're tuning in to hang out with me amongst all this chaos or all this boredom that you're experiencing right now at the moment. Um, I'd like to say that I had a bunch of craziness planned for the 10th episode. Maybe go to the visual, maybe have a guest. But to be completely 1000% with you guys, I have none of that planned. Get the fuck out of here! I'm just basically going to say, hey, let's celebrate the 10th episode together by doing what we've been doing. And I've been enjoying it, and I hope y'all have been enjoying it too. And I know there's some people that haven't been able to even catch up on the last few episodes because of the way that the world has mutated right now, that your normal routine to maybe listen to podcasts has been taken out of your your life and you don't have the time or you don't have a space where you can really like ingest this kind of media. All right, well... I'll be here when you get back. That's the beauty of this stuff. This shit lasts forever, basically. And um, I'll be here when you when you when you need me when you need me, man. Just call on me. I'll be here. You know. Get the fuck out of here. 
Um, it's kind of been crazy out there. Um, and when I say crazy, I mean crazy like, um, crazy like, crazy monotonous, crazy mundane, crazy because the world is crazy right now. But it's also crazy in a very mind-numbing way because a lot of the things that we use to distract us are no longer happening. Um, there's no sports events. There's no concerts. You already know. So we're like stuck in this weird bubble where like it's like a crazy thing that's happening. But at the same time, it's it's like one thing that we're hearing about all the time. So like I told y'all last week, I try, I've been trying my best to to try and vary up the material and the shit I'm talking about here because I don't want to hammer you guys with the corona shit because you've already probably heard about it a ton of times on the way to this podcast and to just get on here and hear me talk about it more well what's the fucking point right um but it's hard to avoid at this point I can't front again looking through all the aggregators all the news outlets everything kind of focuses around a specific set of stories and those wild and wacky stories from the world you know the world turning at regular speed aren't there they're just not there um and they're definitely not there at the frequency that they were 10 weeks ago when we started this fucking show um so i tried my best but to open it up i just want to get i want to rip the band-aid off real quick and just get some of the things we need to say out of the way right now celebrate our 10th episode let's just agree all of us should agree right now the world is fucked why bother Agreed. Agreed. And we're going to start that off with the fact that even amongst this pandemic, it's stated that many older Americans are carrying on as usual. Yes. Yes. Um, I, you know, hey, old habits die hard, you know what I mean? Uh, I, I guess I can see it. Um, they're saying, this is reported by CNN as well. That's how bad this has gotten. I'm, I'm, I'm reading stories off CNN. Fuck. Uh, last week, a 99-year-old New Jersey man w- uh, went to an engagement party. He was arrested in New Jersey for defying the state's ban on gatherings. In a totally separate case, a 100-year-old man violated a stay-at-home order by attending a funeral. Damn. He was like, yo, man, you know what? I don't give a fuck. I might, I might be the next casualty, but I'm, gonna, I'm going to this funeral. Uh, so a 100-year-old man said, fuck that stay-at-home shit. I'm going to this funeral because this was the homie. Um, many elderly Americans is being reported are flouting their shelter, flouting, that's an interesting word, flouting their shelter in place directives. They're hitting the stores. They're visiting family, inviting over friends and neighbors. Get the fuck out of here. And we all know they're not the only group, but they are one of the first groups to be stated as a high risk group for contracting the coronavirus. Um, but they're carrying on life as usual. And I'm, I'm, it's tough. Here's this article start stating uh, the reasons for why they might do that, which I'm sure we can all kind of just imagine right off the rip. Uh, for some, it's cabin fever. That's the first one. The second one is, which which at this point, we're all feeling a little bit of cabin fever. All right. It was kind of cute at first. Oh, yeah, we're going to stay in. We're going to pick up this new talent or, oh, I'm going to binge watch the fuck out of everything on Netflix. I've always wanted this time. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the cuteness now, it's starting to get very uncute. The cuteness is wearing the fuck off. So all of us, it's not just grandma and grandpa and great grandma, great grandpa. All of us are feeling cabin fever right now, but we got power through. We got to, you know what I mean? We got to fucking batten down the hatches and power through. We, we can't, it's now, now's not the time to just get bored and say, fuck it, you know, regardless of whether you think this shit is a conspiracy theory or not, motherfuckers is dying and we gotta do what we gotta do. That's it. 
don't don't go to a funeral or don't go to I'm surprised they even still had that funeral. Um, the second reason they state is that some people aren't tech savvy. Now I can understand this. Um, you know, so many of us are finding like solace and things to do and like distractions by connecting to the internet, connecting to Netflix, all of that. So if you're a little bit older and you don't have that wherewithal, that know-how to, you know, watch Onward on Disney Plus, then you might feel a little bit extra bored and want to go down and play bridge with the homies or whatever. I, I get that. All right. Um, some just need some human interaction. Well, that's all of us. I wouldn't just uh, attribute that to the elderly. And some are leaving things to chance. In the United States, as of this uh, article, there was at least 245,600 uh coronavirus cases, including more than 6,100 deaths. I know it's gone up since then. This article's a few days old. Um, and according to the CDC, eight out of 10 deaths among adults uh, have been those 65 or older. So when they interview people like this lady, Susie Jennings, she says, at my age, you better get familiarized with your future. I'm already overstating my welcome, so to speak, by many years. So if it happens, it happens. Damn. Mm, take a sip of that hot, fresh, cup of fuck it she's just like mm, it's what I, it is what it is i have faith in god which gives me a lot of peace in knowing that i need to trust that everything is going to be all right oh man i can't say anything more about that because i would say a lot but no religion no politics yeah the article goes on to talk about the, the children of these folks and how worried they are i could talk more about this but get the fuck out of here the world is fucked why bother Let's see what else is going on. Let's head on over to Memphis, Tennessee real quick. Memphis Mayor Jim Strickland says it was the last resort after Softcloth Car Wash on Southern refused to close. Two weeks ago, Strickland ordered all non-essential businesses to cease operations as a part of a safer at home executive order. He says the car wash didn't listen and apparently it's still not listening. When we stopped by Monday afternoon, this is what we saw. Take a look, a steady stream of customers out there as if nothing has happened. We asked the mayor's staff about it. They told us city crews would check it out. We tried to get in touch with the owner. This is Jessica Gertler with News Channel 3. And I was calling him regarding his property soft cloth wash. The woman on the phone said she didn't know the place had been ordered to close. She took my number to give to the owner, but we've yet to hear back. The virus feeds on social interaction. We need to starve the virus. So now is the time for all of us to double down on our actions. That's why Strickland says he's extending his order through April 21st. And law enforcement and code officials will continue to make sure people and businesses comply. He says so far, 140 businesses have been reported for violating this order. 134 were called on, and all but the car wash complied. Strickland says the health department received 15 calls about churches and Memphis police received reports about 41 crowds in public or at their homes. It is going to take time, but we will get through this, but we must come together to stay apart. Reporting in Memphis, Jessica Gertler, WREG News Channel 3. At the car wash, you can get COVID-19 at the car wash, but at least you got your car clean at the car wash, car wash. Memphis, Tennessee, East Bunton, to be specific. The soft cloth car wash don't give a fuck about that order to close. They're going to get these cars washed. They're going to get this guap. They don't give a flying fuck. 
the mayor had to order this place to close. You know, it's tough. It's tough to criticize these people because they're just trying, like, they're they're doing dumb shit, but they're just trying to survive. So I feel kind of shitty about, like, calling them out. Like, really, we all should be calling them out because they're just, if anybody was to get sick from this place, and this goes for anywhere in the fucking country or anywhere in the world, if anybody's to get sick from these operations staying open longer than they're supposed to or they've been ordered to, then it just prolongs the whole situation for the rest of us that just lock down, you know? But... At the same time, they're doing it for a noble reason. They're just trying to survive. They're trying to keep their lights on. They're trying to stay fed. It's fucked up out here, you know? And when you have to cease your business completely, well, how do you, if you don't have your shit stockpiled up, it's tough. Um, but if you're in Memphis, Tennessee, um, by the time you hear this, I'm pretty sure that the soft cloth car wash will, will have been fully closed. But there's a chance that, uh, when this all blows over, the first place to be open washing cars will be the soft cloth car wash. So go check them the fuck out. The world is fucked. Why bother? Concerned Palm Harbor family reached out to Ada on your side after a company recently tried charging one of them $300 for a coronavirus testing kit. How is that even possible when the governor said that COVID-19 testing during the coronavirus pandemic is free? Pinellas County Bureau reporter Christine McClarty is getting us some answers tonight. Christine? We're at the Florida Department of Health, one place that is truly offering free COVID-19 testing. The governor of Florida said all testing was supposed to be free to Florida residents who really needed it. However, this Palm Harbor family reached out to Aid on Your Side saying they were asked to pay $300 by a private company. And they said, just show up, pay the $149 for the doctor visit, and then $149 for your uh, test. And you don't have to be a... A brain surgeon to figure out basically what they're saying is if you have the money to pay for a test, you can have the test. John Abresh says his son's girlfriend is still too sick to speak, so he's sharing her story. She works at a smoothie restaurant and doesn't have health insurance. On Friday, she called Advent Health Centra Care in South Tampa to get tested since the BayCare sites aren't open on the weekend. That's when they told her it would cost $300. No, that's not fair. I mean, this isn't as if. We're, we're doing plastic surgery. This is something that's going to affect every one of us. Aid on your side reached out to the healthcare company asking where those tests come from and how they're able to charge. We have not yet heard back. We also reached out to BayCare and the Florida Department of Health to see how they're able to offer free tests. The Department of Health says those tests are paid for by the state by appointment and with a doctor's note only. Baycare is still working on getting back with us. They said the three testing centers in St. Pete, Newport Ritchie, and Bartow are all run directly by Baycare. But the Raymond James test site in Tampa works with the Hillsborough County. We reached out to Hillsborough County asking how they're able to offer the free tests and are taxpayers ultimately paying? We have not yet heard back. And you and I are paying this big of a tax bill for the next 30 years, really, to say that, hey, you still owe us 300 bucks for this test. It's insane. Now, we do have some good news. That young woman who was told to pay $300 by that private company has been able to secure free testing at the Raymond James site in Hillsborough County, and that's going to happen for free tomorrow morning for her. It will be a bit of a drive, but she's excited to get the test done. Reporting live in Largo, Christine McClarty, 8 on your side. Yeah, she's excited to get the test. She's so excited. Man. Well, this really should have been on the get on the Florida segment, you know what I mean? But, uh, you know, it kind of snuck in there in the beginning. But you got to be careful out there, folks. People are definitely trying to 
figure out how to like rip people off during this time. So you got to be careful. I mean, it doesn't. The guy already at least kind of knew they they didn't get ripped off. But I guess it's just a good cautionary tale to let you know that motherfuckers is out here trying to rip you off. So be careful. And fucking look up information before you go plugging in money into anything right now. The world is fucked. Why bother? And we're going to end this segment off on a comical note. We got to, you know, we got to take a little comical note from our friends overseas. Uh, The headline from the Mirror in the UK uh, is um, surgeons are asking Brits to be careful when doing any DIY or gardening during the coronavirus pandemic since it has recently caused a spike in the number of power tool injuries. Get the fuck out of here! Yes. Now, I'm going to make a confession to you guys. When I was a younger, a younger child, a younger teen, um, I enjoyed rollerblading. You know, like the aggressive inline is what they used to call it. It was like for the people that weren't coordinated enough to skateboard, um, but wanted to like do some kind of like fun, cool shit. Or we thought it was cool anyways. Um, yeah, we used to do that. We used to do like, you know, jump stairwells and do rails and fucking ride ramps, go to a skate park, you know, avoid the skateboarders that were going to harass us and shit. Anyway, I say that to say this. I recently dusted off the skates that I had sitting in the closet for a few years and decided let me just take a spin around the block, you know what I mean? Just to get a little extra cardio in and maybe just, you know, whatever, why the fuck not? The world's on quarantine and shit. Like, let me just take a little skate around the block. Now... When I put the skates on, it's been the first time I put skates on in some years. And my wife was looking at me like, motherfucker, I need you to, whatever you do, not break your ankle right now. Because if you break your ankle, I'm not going to be hype about taking you to the hospital right now the way that no one wants to go to the fucking hospital right now. Okay. And that's a fact. Um, So I did my best. Good news. I made it around the block without busting my ass. I came real close, though. There was a little uh, grass gap in between the sidewalks. And I was like, this is like three quarters of the way into the ride. I started to feel comfortable, started to remember my old days. And I was like, oh, I'll just hop this little grass jump real quick. And I hopped. And when I came back down, it's it, it wasn't pretty. I, I didn't fall. I didn't fall. But it was definitely not like a skate video-esque quality type landing. It was like a sloppy, ooh, ooh, ooh. okay, there we go. So um, this is why they're, they're telling people here, watch out with your DIY and your gardening that you're popping up because everyone's stuck at home. So they're like, oh, you know what? I'm going to fix, I'm going to fix that uh, rain gutter I've been meaning to fix for a while. Or you know what? I'm going to start planting some fucking herbs back here. Um, they're concerned now the British Association of Plastic, Reconstructive, and Aesthetic Surgeons is urging Brits all over the country to avoid starting any task that could lead in a traumatic injury because it could divert the NHS staff and resources away for the current pandemic crisis at hand. Records have shown that there's already been a spike in the number of power tool-related injuries since lockdown was introduced. In the last week alone, the plastic surgery department at Ulster Hospital, which is in Belfast, has treated numerous patients who have injured themselves after using lawnmowers, chainsaws, and bikes. Get the fuck out of here! Some have even needed to have their fingers amputated. Mmm, damn, what a story! Imagine you're like, oh yeah, yeah, that's right, Sonny, uh, you know, t- about 10, 20 years ago, uh, there was a pandemic and they told us just to stay at home and watch Netflix, but I was like, you know what, nah, I'm going to build that birdhouse that I've always wanted to build, uh, the one that's made out of all sheet metal, and then I ended up accidentally chopping off my fucking middle finger, and that's why I have this stump now, man, um, 
And reconstructive surgery takes many hours in a theater, and those incidents can uh, divert the time and precious resources away from very sick patients. No shit. Um, so before we move on from the world is fucked, why bother? Just understand. Stop it. Just fucking stop it with the goddamn at-home projects, all right? If you're going to choose one, choose one that won't potentially put you in the fucking hospital, all right? The whole point is not go to the hospital right now. That's the point. So I'm going to need you guys to do your best and please only start projects that are not going to put you into the fucking hospital, okay? All right. The world is fucked. Why bother? Get the fuck out of here. All right, now if everyone's feeling relaxed and we want to move on together for this 10th episode of the GTFOH podcast, I think it's all time for us to relax so they can give me some head. Lines. At 11 pay more at the grocer but getting less will tell you how to get the most. The fuck are you doing? We need to acknowledge an unfortunate mistake that I made and one of the teases we bring to you before this program. While we were live just after 10 o'clock, I said a word that many people find offensive. I'm truly sorry. It was a mistake on my part, and I sincerely apologize. All right. Well, for all my sports fanatic friends out there, I'm really feeling, I'm really feeling the pain for you. I'm a sports fan myself, but... I'm not, I wouldn't call myself a fanatic. Um, I do enjoy watching the games. I do follow a lot of different sports here and there, but I'm not like, I couldn't tell you every name of every player on the field. I couldn't tell you what high school they went to. I couldn't tell you what number they were in the draft. Um, that's, you know, I leave that up to my my elder statesman of sports. You know what I'm saying? Shout out to uh, my brother, Zach Johnson. Uh, shout out to my brother, One Ton, from uh, the infamous Potluck. Uh, yes, he, he is one of those dudes. And I have a lot of friends that could like are very well versed in sports. So I just want to send my heart out to you guys during this time because I know it must be incredibly difficult because it's even challenging for a, a casual, you know, light to medium casual sports fan like myself, um, especially when you read headlines like this. The NBA is working on a televised horse competition. Get the fuck out of here. Yes, just let that sink in for a second, all right? If you don't remember, March 11th, the sports world came to a screeching halt. NBA player Rudy Gobert tested positive for coronavirus and was also acting like a fucking asshole, touching all the mics and fucking joking around before he knew what was actually happening and testing positive. Um, so yeah, they shut down the NBA, you already know, yada yada yada, now everything's fucking down to a screeching halt. But now the NBA is reportedly working on televising a horse. Yes, H-O-R-S-E competition that would involve several big names. Uh, ESPN's reporting this, but no names have been confirmed yet. The New York Post's mentioning Chris Paul, Russell Westbrook, Donovan Mitchell, Zion Williamson, and Dwayne Wade could be involved. Let me find out. Wade's coming out of retirement for a game of virtual fucking horse, okay? Let me find that out. Um, so, recently, I don't know if you guys seen it, but they had a NBA 2K tournament. And they had 16 NBA players ranked based on their actual ratings in the game. Um, 
And then they had a competition between the 16 uh, tournament, uh, the 16 uh, players in the tournament, and they they broadcast it on Twitch. And apparently it went down so well that they're like, you know what? Um, now we're going to do this with a horse game. All right. Uh, according to ESPN, any player involved would comp- would compete in isolation, of course, and uh, maybe from their home basketball court. I'm guessing that every one of those players has a fucking basketball court at home. Let's just be honest. Um, I'm pretty sure that that's the case. Uh, so there you go, sports fans. If you're missing out on some actual, like, real crazy competition, don't worry, because they're going to get some basketball players to play a very strange game of virtual horse, and maybe it'll be dope. Maybe it'll be dope. Um, it's, it's, that's a tough one. It's hard to tell. Get the fuck out of here. Moving on from sports, we're going to uh, we're gonna hit a couple of stories in a world that I'm well-versed in and very passionate about, the music business. Yes, the music business. Um, let's see. Vulture.com is reporting that a judge has just dismissed the lawsuit over the 2008 Universal Music Group Vault Fire. For those of you unaware, uh, in 2008, there was a massive fire on the Universal Music lot. Um, at the time, they told the public and told everyone that it was a minimal amount of damage to the archive stuff there a few things here and there but nothing crazy but what actually had happened was that a ton of masters from universal's archive had been destroyed and they held that um suppressed that information and a a new york times magazine article maybe a few months ago broke that story and said oh there's all kinds of musicians involved in this and some of like the most classic recordings of all time were involved in this and destroyed um so that what that means is that if they ever want to recreate something from the master or do a new version or digitally remaster it or whatever they won't be able to do that anymore from the original masters um so they came up together and a group of musicians and and their estates including tom petty soundgarden hole steve earl and the estate of the late tupac shakur filed a class action lawsuit against umg and alleged that the label had been negligent in protecting their masters, attempted to hide how devastating the fire had been, and should be required to share any insurance settlement it may have received following the fire. Um, yeah. I mean, as an artist, I'm definitely always, I always want to lean towards the side of the artist, uh, but I'm not sure I could fully, uh, get behind whether or not I don't know. I guess technically, the thing is, the the labels in a lot of these situations own the master anyway. So I don't get I don't get how you could justify getting money from that as like as an artist. I don't know. Um, I mean, I'm always gonna just roll with the artist side anyways. But it's hard for me to roll in anyone's side if I feel that they aren't 100% justifiable in their side. Anyways. Rolling Stone um, reported that Judge Kronstadt, in the case, he dismissed five out of the six claims in the suit. He included allegations of breach of contract, negligence, and reckless conduct. Get the fuck out of here! Um, His dismissal further stated that Petty's claim was deficient in part because, technically speaking, Tom Petty didn't even own the masters that were lost. Boom. Then... Uh, they belonged to his label at the time, MCA, which is now owned by UMG. So since Mr. Petty did not own them, the judge ruled he could not sue under a claim for bailment or safekeeping. 
oh, I guess so some of these other people were were suing for bailment or safekeeping, okay? So I guess it wasn't the fact that they owned it, but I don't know. This is kind of confusing to me. This is like, there's so many things in music business that are designed to confuse artists, ownership, fucking royalties, such shit like that, so that we never figure out what how we're getting fucked, really, is what it is. Get the fuck out of here! Um, they're, they're basically saying, UMG is saying that the New York Times Magazine article was stunning, uh, had a stunning amount of overstatement and inaccuracy, and uh, the New York Times Magazine is saying, fuck y'all, basically our shit is on point and we reported everything to the T. Um, but anyways, either way, the judge dismissed the lawsuit, and even though a lot of those artists are well off regardless, um, they got fucked again. Get the fuck out of here! We're on to more fuckery in the music business space because I got two stories that I found this week regarding music business fuckery. Um, now, obviously, on a normal news cycle, there's all kinds of music business fuckery that we could talk about. But this one has to do with StubHub, and they're now facing a lawsuit for changing their refund policy in wake of the COVID-19 outbreak. What did they do? What did StubHub do, could you think? Could you imagine? Well, they stopped guaranteeing cash refunds. All right. And they blame the difficulty of recouping from sellers during the pandemic. Right. So obviously many events got canceled, postponed and providing refunds was the obvious choice. But what happens when those tickets are resold in a secondary market? Who who ends up shouldering the cancellation costs there? Um, That's how StubHubs find themselves in this in this situation. In a Wisconsin federal court, StubHub has been hit with a class action from the buyers of the resold tickets. According to the complaint, StubHub has walked away from its long-standing fan-protect guarantee of cash refunds upon event cancellation. Uh, so the suit explains how StubHub has changed its refund policy as coronavirus has wrecked havoc on the live event business. Man, I can only imagine the amount of shows, money, and everything that trickles down from all those shows that have been canceled. It's insane. Um, I had tickets to see Roger Waters in August, and he canceled his whole tour until next year. So it's, it's uh, yeah, it's crazy. It's just crazy out there. Um, on March 12th, no, on February 26th, StubHub's general counsel was hailing the company's Fan Protect program uh, to Congress as the hallmark of our business, and this is why we've earned the trust of fans around the globe, right? Uh, we're going to give you the Fan Protect guarantee, give you your money back. Cool, tight. But after the shit hit the fan, by, by March 12th, StubHub was nudging their clients and consumers toward a coupon valued at 120% of the original purchase. I got one of those emails. So basically they're saying, our policy is to provide a full refund with fees if an event is canceled, but um, that was like they were. That was the fine print. That the the headline was, "Hey, uh, just get a, a coupon for 120 percent. So we'll give you 20 percent on top of what your your ticket price was, just to use on another show, so they don't lose that bread." But by March 25th, the refunds they were giving were only provided to buyers that were required by law which I don't know exactly what constitute which ones are required by law, but apparently some are and some aren't. And um, they made the 120% coupon the default policy got rid of the cash refund policy. Get the fuck out of here! In a March 30th message to the ticket-buying community, StubHUD's president explained the change and said this, 
We've worked hard to create a platform that serves both buyers and sellers as a trusted marketplace. As a convenience to buyers, acting as an intermediary, we've historically made the decision to refund them for canceled events before collecting money from the sellers. We've also historically offered sellers more convenience by paying them for ticket sales on our platform before events actually happen. Now, under normal circumstances, these processes are manageable. Given the impact of the coronavirus, it's not possible to sustain this practice in the near term. We are facing significant significant timing delays in recouping funds from the thousands of sellers on our platform and expect these challenges to continue in the coming months. At the same time, buyers expect immediate refunds. That's real. As a result, we've enacted new policies in the U.S. and Canada that we believe are clear and fan first. Get the fuck out of here! So, I, yeah, I don't know. I guess, again, this is like the old folks going out. You like, you know, or the businesses closing you can kind of feel where they're coming from and you understand the logic there but it's hard to really like you know know what's really right here this is like un- unprecedented ground it's 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 hard to know we don't have a lot to refer back to um the new lawsuit that was filed claims the policy change amounts to a breach of the StubHub user agreement conversion negligent rep- misrepresentation um the plaintiffs represented by the firm of little and dub dubin Point to eBay's $4 billion sale of StubHub to Swiss competitor Viagogo via Gogo, last November to knock any notion of a cash flow crisis. So they got bread. As the complaint states, despite having been recently acquired for over $4 billion, instead of obtaining liquidity to weather the storm, defendants sought to simply pass its losses on to its clients. Boom. There it is. And a StubHub spokesperson says, we will not comment further while this case is pending. They got nothing to say. That's it. So everybody... Everybody involved, all the resellers are basically telling uh, StubHub, look, we already know that you fucking, you, you came up and you got bought for four billy and you guys, you guys got bread. So you could like make it right with us, but instead you're going to like, like thug it out on us and fuck us. So, oh man, we'll see what happens there. Cause it's an ongoing case, but just know that that's going on and, uh, and what hangs in the balance is a bunch of canceled shows and a bunch of fucking a bunch of fucked artists get the fuck out of here tricky it's it's crazy out there i'm not even like the vibe is just weird man the vibe is so weird the headlines are weird it's it's dry as a bone out there it's nothing but coronavirus headlines everywhere uh just oh man i don't even know i'm i'm off to i think going forward we've done 10 episodes i'm really happy to make it to 10 episodes and i think going forward now we might have to just change up the format we might have to do some new stuff i might start doing some song breakdowns or uh maybe we've got to finally start doing the interviews because this shit is getting crazy i don't know depending on how much longer this is all going to go down the stories are just they're drying up, man. They're fucking drying up. Get the fuck out of here. But you know one place where they will never dry up? One place, one segment that we created together that I'm so happy to have created because I know it will never fucking let us down. It's going to be our star pupil. It's going to be our prized child, our favorite child, if you will. I know you're not supposed to have a favorite one, but I know this will be our favorite one. Okay, so I think if you use this idea for your Florida segment and get the out out of here so i came up with get on the florida because when the cops come arrest you with their handcuffs they're like get on the floor so that they can put the handcuffs on and since it's about florida and all the crazy stuff that happens there which is usually involved with the cops so get on the florida is florida 
and also get on the floor. I mean, get on the floor. So I think you should use it because I'm smart. Get on the floor. <laughs> yes. Mm, everybody, right now. I don't care where you are. I don't care if you're in your car, your shower, your bedroom, your outside. You're, you're throwing out your trash. Get on the fucking Florida right now. It's time to go. Here we go. Kicking it off. Last Saturday night, Wisteria Island, which is right off of Key West. The Monroe County Sheriff found that a Florida woman and her 61-year-old father were hit in the head with baseball bats after approaching a large group of college-age people and warning them about social distancing. Damn! (laughs) It's not a good idea right now to go out. It's not a great idea. It's definitely not a good idea to get into a group. But regardless of that, depending on what kind of group it is, you know what I'm saying? There's a bunch of college students and shit that that are, you know, that are out there. I don't think it's a good idea to go up there and warn them about social distancing, especially in the current climate. I I mean, I see a lot of dumb shit when we go out there. We've been to Costco, seen Walmart, you know what I mean, to do our shopping or whatever, and seen people do crazy dumb shit, get real close to each other, use gloves and then touch their phone, use gloves, touch their face, all kinds of wild shit. But you know what I, I don't really plan on doing in the near future? I don't plan on engaging none of these dumb motherfuckers. And I don't plan it. I don't I don't plan on telling them, warning them nothing. No. I'm not doing it. Let them do what they do. All right. Um, this 20-year-old woman told police that her and her father were on a boat about 7.30 p.m. Well, what the fuck were they doing on a boat? They should have been social distancing. You know what I mean? What the fuck? Um, they saw about 20 people drinking on the beach. Mm. Now, Florida, this is just after Florida issued a stay-at-home order that included a ban on gatherings of 10 people or more to slow the spread of the coronavirus. Now, the woman said her and her father confronted the group. I'm going to go tell them. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just give them a piece of my mind. That's, that's how I imagine her sounding. They confronted the group about social distancing and asked them to keep the noise down. If they were on a boat and they saw people drinking on the beach, what are they complaining about the noise for? Like, that's where they fucked up. Because already they were out of line just going to, like, tell the people, you shouldn't be gathering here. But then on top of that, they're going to be like, and the music's too loud, too. This bitch, and then the girl's 21. Like, her dad's 60-something. So, all right, he's 60-something. I kind of see what's up. The girl's 21. Well, whoever the fuck these people were that they confronted were the wrong people to confront. Goddamn. At least one assailant grabbed a baseball bat and struck both of them in the head with the baseball bat. They don't know how many people took part in the assault from there, but they got whacked upside their fucking heads. Then the group immediately took off on three boats that were docked nearby, and no one has been arrested or found since. Damn! Both victims taken to the hospital for treatment. Authorities said the woman had a large lump on the back of her head while her father had a big bump on the side of his head. And a witness who spoke with police said he helped the victims after the attack but did not see the assault. Investigation ongoing. Florida, baby. Motherfuckers be looking at me or judging me. I feel like maybe because I'm, I've been like locked myself the fuck down. But fuck that. We in the Wild West, baby. We in the Wild South. Florida is not the place, man. It's not the place to go out and fuck around. All right. You know what it is. You think we have a segment about this place because it's the kind of place you should just go and like do some casual fuckery in? No, no, not at all. But if you're bored, <laughs> don't worry. The Tampa Bay Times has you 1000% covered. They have invented Florida Social Distancing Neighborhood Scavenger Hunt Bingo. I like the title. Very catchy. Very easy to remember. 
um, if they feel if you feel that you're bored and we're still illegally allowed to go out and exercise, they've come up with this bingo card that you can um, go outside and play Florida neighborhood bingo. Right. Uh, of course, they're going to open it up by telling you that uh, you don't need to go far from home, uh, but it is a scavenger hunt that requires you to kind of go out and see some shit. So you print the bingo board out um, or just put it on your phone or whatever. And then you need to find these things and see who wins. This sounds like a fucking great idea. Florida neighborhood bingo. Here's the things that you can look for. I'll put this up on social media and maybe you guys can play this in your own neighborhoods. You don't maybe you don't have to be in Florida to do this. Uh, here's the things we're looking for. An invasive brown anole. I think that's a lizard of some sort. Uh, I wouldn't know one if I saw one. All, I mean, I see they have a picture of it, but I mean, let's just be real. All lizards kind of look, look the same. You know what I'm saying? I'm just saying. Um, a caution taped play, uh, caution tape around a playground. That should be relatively um, part. That should be semi easy to find. Christmas decorations still up. Ooh, April seventh. I think there's got to be a couple out there. I don't know. That's a tough one to find. Chalk on the sidewalk. Lawn flamingo. Come on, it's Florida. Uh, sign advertising takeout. That's all over the place. Poor social distancing. Mm, yes. Go to Costco. See that shit right now. A neighborhood flag. Sea creature mailbox. Dog not on a leash. Feral cat with the ear clipped. Mm. A person power washing. Yard fruit. Oh, that's definitely... I could, I could see that right around the corner. Homemade mask. They're everywhere. One car with too many bumper stickers. A person on a video call food delivery driver, a guy on a longboard, a cool bird, and a porch beer. I guess somebody drinking beer on their porch. Boom. There you go. Tampa Bay Times have you covered with Florida Neighborhood Bingo. Get out there, play. Let me know who wins. And I guess don't go too far from home and also like stay six feet away from people too. Get on the floor. <laughs> yes, 100%. Get on the floor. <laughs> Baby alligator found with drugs and guns in Florida arrest. This is one bad motherfucking baby alligator. They found him with drugs and guns. Seminole County, Florida. Florida authorities were tracking a stolen car, also discovered heroin, cocaine, guns, and a baby alligator when they went to make the arrest. Oh, okay, so the gator didn't have the guns. He was found with, like, in conjunction with uh, guns and cocaine and heroin. I thought they found him with a gun. That's some Florida shit. Um, Sheriff Dennis Lemma, he announced details of the bust at a news conference on Friday, said a deputy ran plates on the car, learned it was stolen, and followed it to Lake Mary House. That's when deputies found the drugs and a baby alligator that was being kept as a pet. And this is how Florida this article is. There is no other fucking information about this story. That's it. That's it. What do you want to know? Stolen car, tracked it, found when we got back, arrested whoever the fuck who was unnamed, and we just found heroin, cocaine, guns, and a baby alligator. <clears throat> that's your that's your quarantine starter pack right there. If you got heroin, cocaine, guns, and a baby alligator, you really don't need much else. You don't need to go to Costco or Target. You got everything you need to take you through the quarantine. Um, what is it about people who are involved in like heavy drug dealing or heavy like drug trafficking that love to have like exotic pets and shit like on some tiger king shit i don't i'm not sure what that is that's strange is that some weird do i have to be like a, a full-on drug dealer to understand that none of my like low-key drug dealer friends are into that shit you know what i'm saying none of them are like oh yeah here i have a little 
whatever garter snake or whatever the fuck they're called like it's just we I, I just i don't i don't get it you know what i do get get on the floor <laughs> yes yes 100 percent. Mm, i gotta love florida coming through this week for me um woman in her undies dances in the road and swings golf club this is a wonderfully written article on the tcpalm.com um yeah palm beach indian river county there are places where it may be appropriate to strip down to your undies and start dancing. The middle of a street just west of US-1? Nah, it's not one of them. That's where Indian River County Sheriff's investigators went shortly after 6 p.m. Uh, uh, this is on March 26th. This article is relatively old, but fuck it. Here we are. Um, investigators arrived at an address in the 2400 block of 43rd Street after a report of an intoxicated subject. They were told of a woman who appeared to be under the influence of an unknown drug as she actively took her clothes off on the roadway. Yo! The woman was later identified as a 25-year-old Vero Beach resident. She arrived in a red pickup. After she stripped herself down to her underclothes, she began swinging a golf club and dancing in the middle of the roadway. The affidavit states. Now, this is where it got weird for me. This, the article actually states this. The affidavit did not state whether the club was a driver, wedge, putter, or iron. They wrote that, seriously wrote that, which I just thought was, who, uh, did anyone, were any of you wondering, I wonder what club she was using. I don't think anyone of the people listening to this podcast or reading this article wondered what kind of club she was swinging. Nor did it specify the type of dance, such as the Foxtrot, Charleston, Running Man, Cabbage Patch, Stanky Leg, or the Floss. They actually wrote that in the fucking article. Um, then they just continued on like they didn't just say some wild shit. Deputies reported the woman paced around in her undies, slurring profanities at passersby, and she was jailed on a disorderly intoxication charge. Mm. Yes, that's as florid as it gets right there. I just want to know if it was a driver, a wedge, a putter, or an iron. And really what's going to keep me up at night for the next week until we talk again is whether or not it was the Foxtrot, Charleston, Running Man, Cabbage Patch, Stanky Leg, or the Floss. <laughs> I love how they just, they named some of the most classic, like, retro, vintage-ass dances, though. They didn't even name one new dance, for real. Hey, that's the TC Palm, folks. If you're ever bored and, you you know, you, you don't, it's in between podcasts and you want to find some more, like, classic Florida con content, tcpalm.com. We've got you covered with a bomb. All right, anyways, that was Get on the Florida. Thank you, Rhea. Appreciate you. Because I'm smart. Get on the Florida. <laughs> It's been real, folks. Ten episodes. Ten fucking episodes. Man. Um, I'm working on new music. And that's really all I can say, man. Other than that, I've just been keeping my kids alive and trying not to eat all the snacks. That's that's my biggest mission in life right now. Trying not to eat all the fucking snacks. It's difficult, man. Stay strong out there. Stay active, folks. And I love y'all. I just want you guys to know that, okay? I love y'all. Uh, we don't have a lot of time left in this episode and uh, the clowns and the extra fucking guests and the confetti and all the things I ordered for the 10th episode are on back order right now. Amazon said that they're not actually essential items. So we're going to have to aim for the 20th episode for some sort of celebration of normalcy or maybe the 50th episode because who the fuck knows how long this shit's all going to go on. Um, but... There's only one way to end it. I think um, let's all get together, get real close, and not condone the use of drugs, and do a line. Hey, Rick. It's James from Connecticut. Just want to say I love the podcast. 
and the music you have been putting out lately. I just have a quick question. What happened with Kendall Morgan, and is it possible that you could get her on another Mayday track, or maybe a solo project? Thank you. James from Connecticut. Thank you, my brother. I appreciate that. Yeah, Kendall Morgan um, was a vocalist that was brought to us by um, some homies of ours and um, the Pushers, if I'm not mistaken. And um, we worked with her on a few records. We worked with her most notably on Fragile. We worked with her on um, Bad Religion. And then she was on the Mersday album as well on a track called New Toys, if I'm not mistaken. And... Um, yeah, we haven't worked with her in a while. To be honest with you, I think we, we just kind of fell out of touch. I think she moved away. She was originally from Nashville, and then she moved to Miami, and then I think she moved to L.A., if I'm not mistaken, and we just kind of lost touch. Um, we haven't we haven't done any music with her in a while, and uh, it would be cool to do some more shit, but um, yeah, I don't know. We just There was a, just a disconnect there, I think, when she moved away. Uh, we lost touch and we haven't spoken to her. I think the last time we ended up actually seeing her was when we were on not the last tech tour we did, but the one before that. Um, we and fragile around the time that fragile was popping on the radio, we performed in LA and she was there and she came on stage and we did the song together. That's the last time I really like linked up with her for real, but uh, super talented. She's got some great songs online. Um, my favorite one of hers is um, called Silver Spoon. If you guys check that out, it's on all the streaming networks. Silver Spoon, Kendall Morgan, produced by my homies, the Llama Beats, Fire. Super, super dope track. So yeah, I don't know. Hopefully one of these days uh, we'll link back up with her because she is 100% super talented. Uh, shout out to my brother James from Connecticut. He's down with the Wrecking Crew, my people. Uh, let's do another line. Good day, good sir. Hello, Rhett. This is Vinod from Toronto. Long-time listener, first-time caller. I appreciate the hustle, the grind, and everything that you do because you just do everything, man, from podcasts to videos to freestyles to rapping to singing. I appreciate you, man. You continue to inspire us. The question that I have for you is, I know that you, yourself, as a solo artist, and even with Mayday, had dropped a lot of mixtapes in the past. And now with all these digital streaming platforms and new ways to release music i want to know what your thoughts are on the whole concept of mixtapes nowadays do you still feel that you'll drop a mixtape in the future or or is that all done yeah thank you brother hope to hear your answer yeah, Vinoz, that's my brother right there, man. That's my Canadian brethren. Every time we go on the road and we hit Toronto, he always comes out to the show. Um, we did a, we produced a track for him. He does spoken word, um, super dope. And uh, yeah, man, that's the homie. Thank you for thank you for the line, my brother. A another Wrecking Crew affiliate, my people. Um, yeah, the mixtape thing. We haven't done one in a while. I like doing the mixtapes, but the, the problem for us was when we do mixtapes, like part of the fun for me when we do mixtapes is like hijacking beats. And when you've hijacked beats or done remakes or covers or whatever remixes to a degree, you can't really uh, put that stuff out, distribute it. On, on the streaming networks because you'll either uh, run into some copyright infringement right off the rip and they won't even let you upload it or if you get by the system and you get it uploaded at some point somebody's going to come knocking on your door cease and desist you or whatever you run into some legal trouble so um, 
you know, for instance, any of my solo mixtapes have all have freestyles on them where I've ripped off a beat and then, you know, swung on another beat. So I can't really put those up. Um, similar to just to use not to like give you the Canadian example, but uh, Drake's So Far Gone mixtape is like a lot of people are very familiar with. The original mixtape had covers of some other songs that he obviously couldn't get the rights to. So when they redistributed that mixtape, if you notice, when they put it up on iTunes and Apple Music, Spotify, whatever, it's missing a chunk of tracks from the original. So if we were to ever put out actual distributed versions of lords of the fly smash and grab any of my solo stuff rooftops we would have to subtract a ton of material out of it depending each each project has a different level of copyrighted material on it but um so yeah that's why we've never really delved in plus i like having um I like having a stockpile of content that is not available on those services too because it kind of like gives a little extra love to the people that still support physicals and that still go up, you know go are like real like real hardcore fans you know so to know that you have to kind of seek out the link somewhere because it's not available on your favorite spot I kind of like that challenge you know it just separates uh the biggest supporters from the casual listener you know so i i i think i would like to do more we've talked about doing some more mixtape stuff um but we have so much music coming out like that we're we're constantly working on right now for the next like few years we're going to be non-stop burns project rec project mayday project and so on and so forth i'm not sure we'll find the mental space or time to do the mixtapes uh but i do uh, man i've had so much fun lords of the fly was so much fun to work on smash and grab was so fun rooftops was great to work on so um i'd like to say at some point or another we will do some more and maybe um when we get a space in the schedule we might like try another one that's you know more all original production that we can kind of do um, but to me, mixtapes, the, the fun of it was slicing and dicing and like the classic term of mixtape, you know. Uh, so that's why I don't know if you'll ever see any of those on, you know, on your Spotify playlist anytime soon. Shout out to my brother Vinoj. I appreciate you, bro. Let's do another line. Hey, Recognize, this is Alex again from New Jersey. I'm just curious if you guys have any plans to put out more instrumental albums. Uh, you guys inspired me when I was in college, and I wrote a lot of music to your instrumentals. And uh, I was just curious if we're going to be blessed with that again anytime soon, or if there's any possibility of you guys putting out a new project that's like an instrumental album. Uh, can't wait to hear from you guys. Have a good one. Alex, thank you, brother. Appreciate the line. Uh, yes, definitely the plan is instrumentals for all the albums. I think um, for all the Mayday albums. I don't have any like personal desire to put out the instrumentals for the solo projects, but for the Mayday albums, I know that I definitely want to have instrumentals out for all of them. Uh, it just takes a little bit of work on our end to get it arranged with Strange and find a time to do it. But um, I think leading up to the next Mayday album, we'll drop one and then and then start to work that into the, into the fray. But definitely... That is part of the plan to do instrumental albums for all the projects, including the Merz Day album. Um, so hopefully sooner than later. I don't know when, but it's definitely in the plans. Um, and then I would like, uh, we've talked about doing an all instrumental project, kind of like when the Beastie Boys did their joint. We would like to do like an intro project. I don't know. There's no plans as of right now, but it is something we have spoken about. So hopefully that'll come as well sooner than later. Um, look who's on the line. We got my brother Spencer back. Let's see what gem he's got for us this week. Hey, Rick, you'll probably find a sponsor in like a week or two, but, uh, 
you should plug the Patreon more. Uh, you have on there, if we get to 200, you'll drop an exclusive project. I've been wanting us to get there for a while, but we're, we've kind of sat around the, whatever, 150 to 160-something range for quite some time now. You should be plugging that Patreon more, man. Let's get it to 200 and beyond. Let's keep it rolling. Thank you, Spencer. I appreciate that. Yes, there are certain aspects of the music business that I am not the greatest at in terms of promotion. Um, one of them is like continually promoting something. I hate to like hammer people with the same link or same thing over and over. So sometimes I often will post it once and then it's, it's just natural that people won't see it. Not everybody. Um, but you have to repost these things a couple times. But I always think of the people that are super tuned in and might get sick of seeing the same link or same thing posted a few different times. So I have I have trouble with staying up on that. And then also um, the Patreon account. I haven't been like hammering the promotion of that. But yes, for those that don't know, I have a Patreon account um, that is basically built to um, for anyone who wants to further support the stuff that I'm doing, the music and. We got a bunch of cool shit going on in there. We got merch that's custom, like, made for just the Wrecking Crew folks that are in there. We have a Discord chat server. We have a discount to all the merchandise I have on wreckshop.com. And then what else do we have? We have some vault stuff where I post um, old tracks that have never been released. And I also do previews of new music as well. So we do a bunch of cool shit on there. And the community that has, like, sprouted up from uh, doing that for fundraising purposes last year has been, like, a big surprise to me and something I didn't expect and also like a big motivator for me it just makes me want to like make content more and also I have this like specific hyper focused group of, of people that give me feedback right away and it's like become a cool family atmosphere so yeah if you guys are interested it's patreon.com forward slash recognize you already know how to spell it I'll put a link in the show's description if you want to go check it out please do and yeah the plan is well since the beginning the plan has been to get to 200. When we get to 200 patrons in there, I'm going to start work on a new project that is going to be from top to bottom for just exclusively for the Wrecking Crew members there. And my plan was initially to have it all the way done so that when we get to 200, um, I could just drop it. But I think it would be more fun to create it and keep everyone involved in the process. And then also I was even thinking to like kind of put together a writing session or two for everybody so that we could kind of like everybody could kind of get involved in the writing process of the song i think that would be fun to do and dope so the plan is yeah i think we're at 158 right now uh we want to get to 200 so we could start work on this project so if you're interested in some free merch discounted merch uh access to early access to new music um little crazy discord chat server where we talk about everything from tiger king to uh government conspiracies and our sex lives and shit uh go over there head over to the patreon join up with us uh link in the show description uh, i think we got time for at least one more let's see who's on this bitch so i heard that this podcast right here likes to um tell people to get the fuck out of here why well, need you to tell my boss byron to get the fuck out of here with that nepotism that he likes showing around the workplace Due to this coronavirus stuff, we're all getting hours cut. And I asked, went from pretty much 40-hour work week, if I can collect 40 hours within two weeks. He told me, okay. Within the last two weeks, I've only collected 24 hours. Yet he wants to give his 16-year-old son, who still lives at home, 
and gets all of his bill, bills paid 40 hours both weeks. Get the fuck out of here. Damn, yeah, we need some more of those calls. You know what I'm saying? I'm telling everybody. I've been saying this since the beginning of this show. If you have somebody in your life that you want to just tell to get the fuck out of here and have it recorded forever, you don't have to even name them. You could just drop a line. Let me hear a little bit of that energy. I need some of that energy in my life. You know what I mean? It's so this quarantine-like submission that we're all in. I need to hear some of that. Um, Yeah. Well, that's my brother, Jason Vincent. I hope he doesn't mind me connecting his name to the message because he didn't say it in the message. But um, yeah, wherever you are out there, Jason Vincent's boss. um, Get the fuck out of here. Yeah, basically get the fuck out of here because uh, cutting the hours of employees and uh, favoring them for your family when you're not looking out for everybody, that's some bullshit. And we're not about that life. So from all of us at the GTFOH universe, the GTFOH world, to Jason Vincent's boss, we want to say, absolutely right. All right, y'all. Thank you so much for the lines. Thank you for listening this week. It's been a funky one. I don't. I tried to put it together the best I could for y'all, and I hope you enjoyed the show. Um, I got new music coming. My brother from Mayday, Mr. Burns, has a new EP dropping April 24th. It's called Sorry for the Mess, so look out for that. I'm trying to figure out ways to get some music videos out for this fucking music. Don't forget, Meridian 1, Pressure Point, is out now. You can go to recognizethemusic.com and get the links. Um, I hope you enjoyed the EP. And um, yeah. Let's try and figure out where to go from here. Where do we go from here? All right. I love y'all. Thank you for listening once again. Thank you for supporting. Tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend. You already know. Play the goddamn song. It's that time again. We gotta say goodnight. You know it's getting late Tomorrow is another day My friend All right, people It's time to go home Yep Losing time We're ready to head on out So let's go You don't have to go home But you can't stay here Now you're making me mad You're gonna make me swear Get the fuck out of here Finish up that beer You might as well call it a night, my friend So long, arrivederci, sayonara Get the fuck out Ciao, good night Bye-bye, so long, farewell See you later, alligator In a while, crocodile, shaking now Get the fuck out Get the fuck out of here Come on, give me a fucking break Can I get a refill? Hey, get you, fuckface, get out of here! What are you fucking doing? Get dead? the fuck out! Yeah, you! The GTFOH Podcast. Learn more at the GTFOH Podcast.
Tis what the world needed one more podcast. Get the fuck out of here! Get out of here.